Howdy. This is Too Busy for Crypto. This podcast is for fans of cryptocurrency who want to increase their financial literacy and cryptocurrency literacy. None of this is financial advice. I am not an expert. I am an enthusiast. This podcast is for education. This episode discusses some philosophy of money. Let's begin. One of the unresolved debates in the banking and legal realms that interface with the crypto world is a debate about how to classify certain cryptocurrencies. Any given regulatory agency or financial business wants certain cryptocurrencies to have a certain legal or financial classification that confers added power unto themselves. For example, the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, regulates securities and wants to treat all cryptocurrency-related activities as securities. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, wants to treat all activities as commodities or futures. Bitcoin maximalists want only Bitcoin to be treated as a commodity and everything else to be a security. No one in traditional arenas wants to call crypto actual currency or money because that would admit the true value and power of crypto. It is easier to call it gaming or gambling or collectibles to be dismissive and to hope it goes away using a traditional anti-competition playbook. The question of how to classify crypto today matters to participants of crypto because we still have to interface with legacy finance at the points of converting fiat currency to crypto or converting crypto to fiat. These points are called the on-ramp and off-ramp. Money transmitters must adhere to banking regulations. Transmitters must be able to receive money that comes from or goes to a bank account. The transmitter must be able to trade a cryptocurrency for a fiat currency. The question of classification affects the type of business that may conduct on- and off-ramp transmission activities. That business must be regulated by some specific regulatory agency. Those transactions must be taxed in a certain way. One may try to ignore this, but in doing so, one may find oneself in court or in prison because the authorities always expect a piece of your property or your gains in our modern feudal society. Now that I have described the circumstances surrounding the question of how to classify crypto, I must give credit to a major inspiration for my following commentary. That inspiration is the book titled The Creature from Jekyll Island, A Second Look at the Federal Reserve by G. Edward Griffin. What I will focus on here is discussed in Chapter 12, The Barbaric Metal. Author G. Edward Griffin describes how nearly all of us fail to understand the twin diseases of central banking and fiat currency because we the people fail to define money. Money never gets properly defined and the definition is always shifted based upon the situation. 
modern bankers who run the show do not want people catching on to the idea that money used to have intrinsic value. It was a common sense definition that required no explanation. Gold and livestock and cigarettes can be money because they have uses other than as a unit of exchange. Paper money may represent an asset or a debt. The modern dollar is technically a Federal Reserve note that represents debt that is backed by absolutely nothing. Many bankers and financial experts do not understand the distinction between real money and fiat money. They bandy various definitions for money, depending on the situation and personal interests. Author G. Edward Griffin puts forth definitions for four variations of money. The variations are 1. Commodity money 2. Receipt money 3. Fractional money 4. Fiat money These definitions address the spectrum of money from money that has intrinsic value to money that has no intrinsic value. Commodity money represents assets with absolute intrinsic value. Gold may be money or jewelry or tools. Cows may be money or meat and leather. Cigarettes may be money or drugs. Ammunition may be money or a weapon. Gasoline may be money or fuel. Commodity money may be a raw material or finished product as long as it can be used for its intrinsic value as soon as it is not worth using as a medium of exchange. Next on the spectrum, there is receipt money. This is how paper money started. Paper money used to be a letter of credit regarding a bank deposit, or a claim ticket for gold that was deposited at a bank. Receipt money is a one-to-one claim on a stored asset. There was a time when a dollar was a certificate to redeem for gold or silver of a specific weight known as a dollar. Next on the spectrum, receipt money becomes fractional money. This is when banks issue more claim tickets than they can redeem for real deposits like gold or silver deposits. A bank that possesses one unit of gold may issue 10 units of receipts. Nine of those 10 receipts are unbacked debt. As soon as two or more receipts come back to the bank at the same time, the bank is shown to be insolvent and it collapses unless it receives a bailout in time. The next and last stop on the spectrum, at the end of total worthlessness, is fiat money. Fiat money is when there are no longer any deposits of real money like gold in any bank, and the fiat money cannot be redeemed for anything with intrinsic value. Fiat money requires the threat of force via legal tender laws to be used. It allows banks to create unlimited amounts of money based on nothing. You may see banks talking about reserve requirements, but the reserves are always more unbacked fiat money, such as dollars or treasury bonds. 
Fiat reserves are part of a game of ballooning and contracting the money supply to create a boom-bust cycle that predictably transfers wealth and power to certain players. These are the four types of money as outlined by G. Edward Griffin in Chapter 12, The Barbaric Metal, in the book The Creature from Jekyll Island, A Second Look at the Federal Reserve. I gain nothing from speaking about this book. I just think it's one of the most important books anybody can read, and it is worth multiple reads. Now that I have defined the term commodity money, I would like to discuss the term commodity as defined in other contexts. Then I will compare cryptocurrency to these various definitions. The definition of commodity in Black's Law Dictionary, 7th edition, is, quote, 1. An article of trade or commerce. The term embraces only tangible goods, such as products or merchandise, as distinguished from services. 2. An economic good, especially a raw material or agricultural product. End quote. My comment on this definition is that there is a gray area between a tangible good and a service. The gray area is called an economic good, although it seems it is also meant to be tangible. Cryptocurrency is both an immutable ledger and a network built on users serving themselves and others simultaneously. A ledger and a network are physical in the sense of an accounting book and an electrical signal going through a wire. The definition of commodity in U.S. Code Title VII from the Commodity Exchange Act is, quote, The term commodity means wheat, cotton, rice, corn, oats, barley, rye, flaxseed, grain sorghums, mill feeds, butter, eggs, Irish potatoes, wool, wool tops, fats and oils, including lard, tallow, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, soybean oil, and all other fats and oils, cottonseed meal, cottonseed, peanuts, soybeans, soybean meal, livestock, livestock products, and frozen concentrated orange juice, and all other goods and articles, except onions, and motion picture box office receipts, and all services, rights, and interests, in which contracts for future delivery are presently or in the future dealt in. End quote. My comments. You will notice that the definition specifically includes food and movie tickets. Other items like petroleum and metals are lumped into the phrase and all other goods and articles except onions. This definition from the statutes known as the U.S. Code is directly related to the legal definition I referenced from Black's Law Dictionary. Here, there is a different phrase used for the gray area, which is, and all other goods and articles. Now, a colloquial financial definition I compiled from Investopedia. Compiled quotes. A commodity often refers to a raw material used to manufacture finished goods. 
A product, on the other hand, is the finished good sold to consumers. Commodities are typically in the early stages of production, while products fall at the final stage. A commodity is a basic good used as an input in the production of goods and services. The most common commodities include copper, crude oil, wheat, coffee, beans, and gold. Commodities can be further broken down into two different categories, hard and soft commodities. Soft commodities are those that are grown and cannot be stored for extended periods. Examples include coffee, cocoa, orange juice, and sugar. Hard commodities are those that can be mined or extracted from the earth, such as metals and petroleum products. Soft commodities futures are often more volatile than others because of the unpredictable risks involved, including the weather. Hard commodities, on the other hand, are mined and extracted, such as oil, natural gas, and precious metals. All of these commodities are a major part of the futures market. End quotes. Now, to summarize three ways of using the word commodity. 1. Commodity money is money with the intrinsic value of a use besides exchange. 2. Commodity goods are physical things that may be delivered under contract. 3. Commodity inputs are raw materials that are grown, mined, or extracted in order to be sold as inputs for finished products. Based on these definitions that I have assembled, we have commodities as money, as goods, and as inputs. Now I will describe how we may fit crypto into these various definitions of commodities. 1. Real cryptocurrency is usually commodity money. A few are receipt money. If any cryptocurrency could manage to be fractional money, that is fake crypto. If any cryptocurrency is fiat money, like a CBDC, central bank digital currency, then that is also fake crypto. The following cryptocurrencies are commodity money. Bitcoin, ETH, HEX, Pulse, PulseX, and Incentive Token. They may be exchanged as is or used for other processes such as mining. T-shares may be thought of as the mining layer of HEX. They are a receipt, but they are not receipt money because they cannot be exchanged. They are bound to one private key. T-shares may only be redeemed. Wrapped coins or wrapped T-shares are receipt money because they may be exchanged, but they must be unwrapped to redeem. Layer 2 coins could be receipt money, but since they are not on a Layer 1 chain, it is safer not to call Layer 2 coins cryptocurrency at all. A stablecoin could be receipt money, but most stablecoins have admin keys and are therefore fake crypto. 2. Real cryptocurrency is commodity goods, not in the traditional physical sense, 
but as a unique information set enforced by math. Cryptocurrency is a math-based contract that enforces a delivery of units based on a person running computer code to send units from one blockchain address to another. One could call this physical in a non-traditional sense, but it is better to focus on the fact that cryptocurrency is an article of units on a ledger that are deliverable to another part of the ledger according to a contract. 3. Real cryptocurrency is a commodity input. It is a raw material that may be mined or extracted. It may be turned into products such as T-shares, or miners, or stakes, or wrapped coins, or wrapped stakes, or liquidity tokens, or voting rights, or other things. The range of possibilities of what cryptocurrency products could exist is an early frontier. I have laid out an analysis of why most real cryptocurrencies may be classified as commodities. There is no telling how legislators and regulators and judges could get to this same result. It could be quick and tidy, or long and messy. If some or all cryptocurrencies are classified as commodities, then in the U.S., this would mean the CFTC would have regulatory jurisdiction in many instances. I will not hold my breath for any simple outcome, or any outcome that benefits the people. We, the participants of crypto, must remember that as long as we are holding our crypto in wallet addresses with private keys that we know, then the banking definition of cryptocurrency doesn't matter. It is only when we exit or enter the legacy finance system that this matters. If we are only acting within the real crypto sphere, doing stuff like holding or mining, then the definition that matters starts on the first line of the Bitcoin white paper. That is, quote, A purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. End quote. This concludes this episode on Calling Crypto a Commodity. I hope my discussion helps you to better understand or articulate some of these ideas. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.